Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and I'm sleepy today. <laughs> I'm really tired. I have had a very generative last week, got a lot of creative, deep creative work done, has been doing a lot of research, and I'm sleepy. And, you know, coming to record a podcast and being sleepy is not the ideal. It's not really the ideal for me to not have a, I don't know, a really great point to make today or a top 10 things to help you grow your business kind of thing, though I know I'm not really good at that in general. But I come to you sleepy. And what that brought up for me was something I've been chewing on for the past month or so. I'm working on, well, I wrote an essay. It's being edited right now. It's not out yet. Trust me, all will know when it is. Uh, kind of about productivity. And some, some interesting takes that I have on it. And one of the things that's in the essay is this concept of the good job, right? How do we know when we've done a good job? Who tells us we've done a good job? Where does the idea of having done a good job come from? And as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, there isn't really someone to tell you you've done a good job. Sure, you get feedback from clients and customers, but if that's the only place that you are using to define a good job, what happens on days you're not working with clients or customers? What happens when a customer is mad? Does that mean you've done a bad job? <laughs> what happens when there's a poor communication? What happens if you're working on something in the background that doesn't get that kind of feedback? When we have more traditional jobs, the good job usually comes from our bosses, from the owners of the companies we do work for. They are the ones who are telling us that our work is good. Good job. And I am definitely here for feedback, right? I think feedback is great. We did a whole episode about feedback a little while ago. And I think that especially if you are employing people, giving them good feedback is critical. And it's good, it's fine to feel good when somebody tells you that you did a good job. But what if you define it for yourself? What do you want a good job to mean? Where do you want that to come from? We peel back some layers on the idea of doing a good job. We get into some pretty kind of challenging waters, in my opinion. We have the entire employment system, right, that you have to do a good job to keep your job. That there's a certain performance level that you need to reach. And in our culture, often that kind of good jobness is conflated with your goodness as a human. I actually don't think that's a mistake. I think that comes very explicitly from the religious underpinnings of Western civilization, to put it lightly. <laughs> I think that this inherent goodness as a result of our acts, of our behaviors, is something that we start to see, especially through Christianity, in a, in a kind of twisty form. And that that has been co-opted by the need for production to reinforce accomplishment and certain kinds of performance as being indicative of our goodness as people. Doing this thing well means you are a good person. Good job, doing a good job is actually conflated with, often synonymous with, goodness, worthiness. 
your own humanity being valid. Of course, we know this is a trap. There are lots of people who do a good job whose humanity is continuously derided culturally, marginalized, murdered. The good job does not protect us, especially when it comes from an external source. So this is on my mind because I'm sleepy today, because there's a part of me, an increasingly quiet part of me, part of me that says, well, you shouldn't be sleepy. It's still the work week. (laughs) Can you imagine saying that to yourself? You shouldn't be sleepy. I bet some of you have run into that before. (laughs) You shouldn't be tired. You shouldn't be hungry. You shouldn't need to go to the bathroom. You're busy working on something. If you listened to uh, our episode with Shauna Bryant last week, we talk a little bit about some of these trainings where people are not actually encouraged to take care of their bodies, (laughs) where getting up to go to the bathroom is a bad thing. That's actually how a lot of us were trained in school. You guys have heard me say that before. You have to ask permission to go to the bathroom, permission to be a human in a body. Is it okay if I use the bathroom? What? (laughs) It's a little wild when we break it down, but it's seen as this necessary discipline for children that they learn how to control their bodies, how to focus. So that voice in me that says you're sleepy and you shouldn't be, that's a voice that has a definition of good job that comes from somewhere else. That is a definition of a good job that uh, I have picked up from my caregivers, from my education, from my bosses. That version of a good job is the one where I'm not tired, where I'm not sleepy on a Friday afternoon, where I still have several hours of the work day left and the work week, and I should be able to maximize that time and do a good job. But the reality is I am tired. I did a lot of fucking work this week. I did a lot of work over the past two weeks. I created things. I brought new things into the world. I had focused, deep work time using my brain, burning calories with my brain. Of course I'm tired. If I look at the scope of what I've accomplished this week, it makes sense that I'm tired. Say nothing of the fatigue that emerges from being in constant state of of fear <laughs> in a pandemic of the, the, the fatigue that emerges from empathy and really meeting the reality of what's happening in Colombia and Palestine, being present for that emotionally and actively. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> so what does it look like then to maybe redefine how we view a good job? First of all, I would like my new definition of a good job to not include me even needing to come on a podcast and give you excuses about why I'm tired, centering my tiredness in a global context. (laughs) Who fucking cares? I'm tired. (laughs) Who cares? I'm a human in a body. My body is tired. My brain is tired. But beyond that, this idea of a good job, where does yours come from? It's worth spending time exploring this. It's worth putting some brain power in this direction. Who told you that you were doing a good job? How did you learn what that meant? What were the punitive and supportive directives that formed you into somebody who knows how to do a good job? 
And then what does that mean for you now in the context of having your own business? What does that mean in the context of a spiritual practice? How do we know if we're doing a good job in our spiritual practice? <laughs> How do you know if you're doing a good job at being alive? The hyper-focus there culturally is really interesting, but I do think there's an opportunity for us to subvert, shift, and transform the good job into something that's useful. Instead of it being an external validation, an external, you're approved, your humanity is, is real and valid, and, and we will continue to pay you to show up at this job. What if we define our own goodness? What if we get to decide what metrics dictate whether or not we have done a good job? I'm dancing around one of mine, which is not all, I don't always mean it, but which is that I've actually created things. I've actually done generative creative work. Sometimes that work is very evident. I released two new modules for our Holistic Business Academy members last week and this week, or two weeks prior by the time you're listening to this now. That was very tangible, very tangible creative effort, right? I did something, it's in the world, our customers are using it, very tangible. Some of the other generative work I'm doing right now is less tangible. I am doing a lot of thinking, a lot of researching, a lot of writing that will never see the light of day as I work on creating new ways of linking some things together, new ways of exploring the topics that I'm interested in and the ones that I help you with. I'm trying to, frankly, create a whole new framework for understanding business, and uh, that, takes, that takes some time. <laughs> I put this on the Twitter today. If you don't follow me on Twitter, come hang out there, at Sarah M. Chapel, same handle. Um, I think I'm funnier on Twitter. Text is more my form than, than images, so if you, like, uh, if you like my saltiness, that's the place to be. And I wrote that um, Gnostic transmission does not occur at the pace of capitalist production. So some of the things I'm working on are things that, you know, they're going to take time. But if I've done something generative or creative that week, or if I've made something, or, or again, maybe not these things that are not completed, not done, but I've, I've, I've tied together some thoughts. I've, I've found a new piece of the puzzle to, to hold and look at and shift. I've written a few sentences to pull together some things. If I've done that, I feel like I've done a good job. That's one of my personal bars that I want to hit. My other good job bars actually have very little to do with doing a good job. <laughs> they have to do with the things that support me in doing a good job. For example, moving my body. I found out a few months ago through some trial and error and the help of my amazing therapist that on most days I need one to two hours of physical activity. That's a lot more than I was getting, I assure you. <laughs> that for me to feel grounded, rooted, uh, to be less anxious, I need to do that. So if I've done that most days of the week, not every day, but most days, then I know I've done a good job. Because taking care of that one piece of myself has a massive ripple effect until I, in, in how I do my work, how I interact with people, the kind of boss I am, the kind of coach I am. If I take that time, yes, one to two hours every day, <laughs> To do that, the impact is massive. So how do you know if you've done a good job? What do you want to create as the, as the arbiter of goodness for your own life and your own business? 
sometimes I think of this as an order of operations. That's kind of a way for us to sneak up on it. It's a you know, kind of your operating system, if you will. <laughs> so a little bit less of a goal target. I must write five pages and that's how I know I did a good job. Well, that one's kind of hard because if you aren't feeling well or you're having a flare up or your kid is vomiting everywhere, or I don't know, it's a pandemic and people are being murdered all over the world because of capitalism and globalization and colonialism. Maybe you weren't productive. What are the, the good job things that we can bring in that create a little bit more nuance, a little bit more space, a little bit more possibility so that you can have a, a relationship of affirming yourself instead of punishing yourself? I wrote something else last week. I posted on Instagram a picture of a post-it note, and I had to laugh. Because, y'all, I have not had something go viral or semi-viral. Let's call it the semi-viral. Let's call it what it is. Um, ever. Literally ever. I have built a successful business without ever having something that got massive shares, massive likes, massive comments. I don't think that we had ever had a post that didn't we didn't run ads to that got more than 400 likes. Which, for our audience size, um, is fine. But I know a lot of folks who have different experiences where they have a lot more of those, those things spreading around. And I made this post, and it's our most successful post so far. First time we've ever gone above like 400 likes or so without ads. And um, it's a post-it note. And it is my operating system, my order of operations for this moment. The post-it note says, you must write. If not writing, you must read. If not reading, you must move your body. If not moving, you must rest. This is the decision tree, if you will, again, the order of operations for how I am assessing my good jobness during this season in my life and business. The most important things that I need to be doing are on this post-it note. It's not a certain metric in terms of how much money we're making or how many new customers we're getting, though those things matter and I track them and I have goals there, of course. It's not how much as a team we're accomplishing or how many hours we're working a week. And I'm going to go ahead and be honest. We um, brought on uh, a full-time employee a couple weeks ago, and it has been such a fantastic opportunity to really think about how I view things like productivity and be like, I don't, I don't care how many hours we work every week if we are moving the needle on these projects, if we're actually getting things done. But those aren't really the metrics here even that I'm looking at. You must write, you must read, you must move your body, you must rest. This is my order of operations for this season. This is how I am assessing my good jobness. You'll notice half of these are pretty human things. <laughs> Moving and resting, right? And the first two are directly related to what I'm working on right now. Writing and reading. I need to be creating and I need to be researching and synthesizing information. That's the most important thing for me to be doing. If I hit these in a day, and you'll notice there's no time, there's no certain number of pages, no five pomodoros of writing or something. But I do have some personal goals that I keep on that front, but they're not primary. If I do these things in a day, I've done a good job. My definition of good jobness is not tied, first of all, to external factors. One of the big issues with a lot of goal setting is that we tend to set goals for things we actually can't control. And while I do believe in having targets, 
Um, and sometimes I do call those goals for, you know, your, your revenue and your number of customers and things like that. It's important to have numbers that you can measure for sure. I'm a huge fan of that actually. But some of those things are outside of our control. The things that are inside of the control are the actions that get us there, right? So I'm like, I must write and I must read. It is actually pretty outside of my control whether or not anyone's going to care about what I'm working on. I hope you will. I think you will. <laughs> I, I have a sense that people will care. But what's in my control is doing it. This is a series of steps that is within my control. And notice I say move your body. You must move your body. It doesn't say how long for. It doesn't say what it is. If I just walk the dog around the block, that totally fucking counts. I moved. <laughs> right? If I do 10 minutes of a stretching practice, that counts. What do you want to use to assess if you've done a good job? If you have done what you needed to do for the day, if you have shown up for your business and your life in the way that you want to. These success metrics, if you will, are powerful when we create them from our vision for the world we want to live in. The world that we want to create with our actions and with the affirmations that we give ourselves of our own worthiness. We don't have to be or do a good job based on what someone else told us. And I recognize that if you're employed, this might sound a little bit challenging, right? You're like, well, I need my boss to think I'm doing a good job. Sure. But I bet there's still an internal metric you can set for yourself, an internal goal, where you are defining your own good jobness in your own way. Maybe it's Letting yourself walk around the block after a difficult customer conversation, that that's how you know you've done a good job. Maybe it's actually using your entire lunch break. That's how you know you're doing a good job. You can get creative here. There isn't something prescriptive I can give you. But I'm curious what happens when we start to peel back those layers and say, how do we know if we have done a good job? And are the things that we're using to Measure that in any way aligned with the businesses and lives that we are trying to create. So I'm sleepy, which means I'm going to wrap up. I'm sleepy because my heart aches. It is filled with grief. I'm sleepy because I did good work this week, which filled me with joy. I'm sleepy because I went on a long, long walk with my dog this afternoon <laughs> and I moved my body, and it is now time for me to rest. You get to decide. You get to decide. So I'm going to ask you to, if it feels good, if it feels useful, to do these two steps. To one, look at how are you currently assessing your good jobness? Where did it come from? Who created that for you? Who built that framework? And two, how do you want to? What do you want your personal order of operations to be your decision tree, your flow chart for your own life? <laughs> what do you want to hit every day? And how do you want to describe that? Can you create a generous, supportive, personally aligned version of the good job? One that actually takes your values and your dreams into account. 
I'm going to go rest now. We'll be back next week, and uh, maybe I'll have some more energy for, for something more exciting. But if I'm honest, I think this is pretty exciting. Since I wrote this post-it, I have felt so much more joy in my days. The assessment of self has felt good because I set myself up to be assessed in the way I want to based on the actions I take versus what I accomplish. And not how long I did it for, but that I did it at all. That's what I'll leave you with today. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would go over to iTunes and write us out a review. I know that's a minute out of your day, but I would appreciate it. Or you can share this episode with a friend. Maybe you know someone who is beating themselves up for not doing a good enough job at their business. <laughs> and maybe it'll help them to look at it through a different perspective. I'll see you all next week. Bye for now.